uh, but I want to say something to mums. But actually, wider than that this time, I look back on the last three years of, of the, the talks I've done on Mother's Day, and I thought, let's, this week, this year, let's widen it out. We're going to talk about women and what it is to be a godly woman. One of the remarkable things about the Bible is how honest it is in reporting the lives of the people to us. Many, women, many men and women in the Bible, we read about their faith in God and their obedience, and perhaps on the whole they loved and served the Lord. Yet, the Bible tells us very plainly about their errors and failings too. That's what makes the Bible a most remarkable document. Because almost all ancient literature, if it's praising someone, they have no faults. They're superior. They're almost like God's. You know, And if they're bad, they're really, really terrible. But the Bible tells you that what is true about those people is, is still true about most. Most of us are mixture. Yes. And the Bible is remarkable amongst ancient literature. It tells you about Abraham and his wife and so on, who, though sometimes they got it right, other times they painfully got it wrong. The only true example in Scripture to us is Jesus himself. Is the only true example. Everyone else is just as much a mixture as we are. Yet we can learn from the, the narratives and the life stories of the people of the Bible because we learn from their successes and we, we learn to avoid their failures. Whether it's Samson or it's King David or whoever it is. We, we can learn, yeah, they did that right. No, they didn't do that right. Sometimes we, 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 we have to read carefully to discover whether they've got it right or not. Was that the right thing to do? You know, did God kind of forgive them for it and let it go kind of thing? Or did he approve of it? You know, it's one thing for God to forgive you for something. It's another thing for God to really approve of, of your actions and, and be pleased with them. So while it's Mother Day, I want to encourage all the women, older ones and younger ones here today, See, not every woman becomes a mum. And for those who do become a mum, there was a time before you became a mum. Can you remember that, ladies? <laughs> oh, those halcyon days. <laughs> and also there will be a time when you may still be mum, but you won't have children in your home. You're not raising anyone anymore. You know, by the time they get to 35 or so, you should be there. You know. <laughs> So whether you're a mum or not, there's an option available to every woman, and that is to become a great Christian woman. Now, please don't imagine by that I mean some lady walking around on a platform with a microphone on a Christian TV channel. You know, there's far more to being a great woman in God than that. Why do we think that only a microphone and a ministry matter? Why do we mistake being famous or popular with being great? Some of the greatest people on planet Earth are never popular or become well-known. So what is it to become a great woman in Christ, in the Lord? Well, now I'm going to read you a chunk of Scripture. And it is from Proverbs 31. Here we go. Proverbs 31, starting at verse 10. An excellent wife. Now, we talk about wife, we talk about mother, but 
These things are true of womanhood. Of every woman. They can be true. An excellent wife who can find for her worth is far above jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her. And he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She looks for wool and flax and works with her hands in delight. She is like merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. You know, little, all these things. <laughs> she rises also while it is still night and gives food to her household and portions to her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. From her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She senses that her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out at night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff. That's, that's fabric making. And her hands grasp the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. And she stretches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of the snow for her household, for all of her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies belts to the tradesmen. Strength and dignity are her clothing and she smiles at the future. She opens her mouth in wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Is that microwave meals? I don't know. Her children rise up and bless her. Her husband also. And he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Now, I'm not trying to turn every lady here into a master chef, a clothes maker, a farmer, a trader. I tell you what, if you've got a woman like that, you better hold on to her. But there are some far more, far more foundational issues here, aren't there? About character. About what it is to be a woman of God. I, I forget how many I've got now. Maybe seven. I'm not going to be a long time, don't worry. What is it to be a great woman in the Lord? Well, the first and the most obvious one and the foundation of it all is to be a believer. That's not a believer in anything. That's a believer in something specific. You see, saving faith as we've learned going through John's Gospel particularly, and then in 1 John as well, is this. Let me punch it out to you. Saving faith is this. You believe that Jesus Christ is the eternal Son of God, and that He became flesh for us. He has become human for us. Then that He died the death that we should have died, and rose again so that we might be brought to God through Him. That is saving faith. You can believe whatever you like, but if you don't believe that, do not claim to be a Christian. And do not claim to know God. Because you've got to believe that to be a child of God. So, 
That is what it is to be a believer. But a believer then trusts in the Lord Jesus, prays to God in his name, obeys his instructions. So a godly woman is someone who just keeps on asking him to save them and help them. They keep on trusting and depending on him. They keep on obeying him. They keep on submitting their problems, their circumstances to him. In every bit of life, they, they, they're working out those scriptures that talk about don't be anxious for anything, but make a prayer about everything and, 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 and present your prayers with thanksgiving to God through Jesus. A godly woman is someone who lives by faith in the Son of God who loved them and gave himself for them. It's a believer. Believing is not a one-off. It's not, I went for a meeting and I believed. Yes, and today, and tomorrow. We are a believer. It's a continual thing. Continually depending upon him. Trusting him. I have no life. I have no hope except in Jesus. It isn't in me. It's in him. I have no righteousness before God. I have no standing. I have no dignity except in Jesus. It's all about him. The second one is to be caring. We read in the scripture here. I would argue from scripture that men and women are equal before God in dignity and value, but that he has made us differently and has assigned different roles to male and to female. And for me, particularly, a factor in leadership is having, as a a man, as an elder, as a pastor, sometimes to take tough decisions and deal with hard situations. And I would not want a woman to have to take the lead and responsibility in those situations. That's what God made men to do, because God gave women a very caring heart, a more sensitive disposition. They will feel the heart and the harm, the, the, the hurt and harm of such situations far more than many of us fellows will. And it's, it's even harder for them to face those trials. See, it says in Proverbs 31, we just read together, as well as caring for her family, she extends her hand to the poor. She stretches out her hands to the needy. The Lord is a caring woman, and she should be unashamed to be so. To have a heart of pity, a heart of compassion, is not a thing to be ashamed of. It's a thing to be treasured. To be moved with compassion for those who are hurting, for those who are in need. You know, I love the fact that this is, this is why pastors and elders, we, we, we rely on our wives so much, because their radar picks up things that we are just turned, yeah, really? Because they're tuned in to people around them. They're tuned in to how people are feeling. Celebrate it. Don't dial it down. Don't think you've got to become more like a bloke to function. God made you to be one. A great woman in God is a caring woman. We also learn in Psalm 31 that a great woman in Christ is a wise woman. A godly woman lives in wisdom and provides wise counsel to others. It says, she opens her mouth in wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Paul writing to Titus talks about older women and younger women and he says, Old women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior, 
not malicious gossips or enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, God will not be dishonored. There's a wisdom that they have learned, and they are passing, well, when you get older, you'll learn, or, you know, don't worry, you'll grow up. It's, it's, it's a willingness to share, to encourage, to impart to others. How many of you would like other people not to make the mistakes you've made? Me too. So you communicate the wisdom that you've gained from Scripture and from your experience to others, hoping they don't have to make the same faults. They don't have to go down the same blind alleys that you and I have experienced. Share wisdom. A great woman in Christ is a woman of wisdom. She knows how to live wisely. She knows how to not make stupid mistakes, how to uh, get it wrong. She, she, she has a heart to get it right, and she's asking the Lord for wisdom. See, it's not like we've all got all the wisdom in the world. We haven't. But James says this, if you lack wisdom, ask of God. He will give liberally to those who ask him. And he won't say, oh, you stupid son, so I told you you needed wisdom. He doesn't upbraid us. He doesn't tick us off. He gives generously, graciously to those who will ask him. Who will admit, I don't have the answer here, Lord. Please help. Then, when you've learned wisdom. Wisdom is always the practical application of goodness and knowledge. It's doing the right thing the right way according to Scripture. And and you learn that. You learn that's what works there. That's what honors God there. Then you can tell other people in a kind way. Notice it said there, the teaching of kindness is in her tongue. See, if God gives me wisdom and doesn't tick me off for needing to ask, then I need to have the same attitude in passing on wisdom to others. It's a word of kindness. It's a word of kindness. The right words at the right time, says another proverb, are like apples of gold in a plate of silver. The right words in the right way at the right time are precious. Precious. All right, and the next thing, I don't know how many we're going here. The next thing is to be hardworking. Did you notice all that in Proverbs? This woman, she's, she's, like I said, she's a chef, she's a homemaker, she's a farmer, she's a trader, she makes clothes, you know, she doesn't wear anything, she hasn't made herself. I mean, we've got a daughter who does that. She's amazing, but, you know, not, everybody, not everybody's a seamstress. Come on. But I, I want you to pin in on this one. This woman is not just hardworking. She has joy in her work. She knows that it has value. She understands that even if it is not rewarding immediately, it will be rewarded because she's working the... She's doing everything she's doing under God's blessing. It will be rewarded. There will be an outcome. Proverbs 31.13 says, She works with her hands in delight. She's enjoying the work of her hands. Uh, I taught Jack early on in working together with him that, that uh, most Days as I start in, I pray something along the line of would you bless the work of our hands? Because, you know, there's all sorts of things. You could spend hours on hours trying to fix something to get something right, and your day's just gone. But if God's hand is upon you, you can put your hand to it, and it's done, and you can move on to the next thing. Yeah. 
And I'm looking for that sense of God's help that we get things done and can move on to the next thing. Yeah. We don't waste a whole morning trying to fix something. Why can't we get this? Yeah. You know, yeah. like computers out there. <laughs> you know, before I lay hands on it, I'll, I'll pray. Bless the work of our hands. Help us. Help me to do this. Help me to do it. I've prayed that to fix a car before now. I'm, do, you, do you know what you're doing, says Carol? No. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to go and try. <laughs> you know? I look it up and find out on the internet, and then it's still only kind of half understanding. Well, okay, let's, 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 let's just ask the Lord help. Go and do it. She works, let me get back to the subtopic of She works with her hands in delight. She's finding joy in it. Seeking to find joy in it. Not just suddenly, oh, stumbling over joy, but actually looking for the joy in it. Treasuring the fact. I don't feel particularly good about this now, but I know God's going to use this. It says she girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She senses that her gain is good. There is something being done. There's something being achieved that is good. Now, doing good can be really hard work. All right? You'd be tired out. How many of you know there's a good tide and a bad tide? Yeah? You've worked hard all day. You've accomplished some things. You're tired, but that's fine. It's a workman's tide. I'm tired now, so I'm going to get my rest. Thank you, Lord. And they say, oh, I'm really tired over this. That's being fed up. That's being complaining. I am so tired. There's a good tide and there's a bad tide. Good tide is you've spent your energy working well. Bad tide is... You, you didn't want to do it in the first place. You got tired doing it. Now you're tired of even hearing about it. <laughs> the difference is what? A, a attitude of sorry, yes, for everyone, men and women. It's my attitude that makes the difference between those two. She senses her gain is good. I'm doing something worthwhile. It really is. Now, sometimes we've got to put down the lies of the devil and listen to the word of God, the scriptures, so we understand this is good. Is raising children a good thing? Yes. Is caring for your husband a good thing? Yes. Is preparing a meal for your family a good thing? Yes. So, who's lying to us? The devil. Yeah. Proverbs thirty-one thirty-three says, Give her the product of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. She's famous somewhere. Let me give you the scripture. It speaks to men and women. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, which includes sisters, of course, that's inclusive language, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. What you're doing isn't wasted. 
The work of the Lord is whatever you do for him. Don't think that the pastor standing at the front is anyone who does the work of the Lord. You are doing the work of the Lord in your household, in your job, in your situation of caring for elderly relatives, whatever it is that God has given you, measured out to you to do, when you're doing it, you're doing it for him. You're working for Christ. In fact, when you've got a bad boss, that's the attitude you need to take on. He's not really my boss. Jesus is my boss, so I'm going to do this for him. Then you can negotiate with that fellow. Because it, it doesn't matter if he's got a good opinion, bad opinion, or whatever. You know, because you're doing it before the Lord. Caring for a husband, raising children, caring for others, helping them to trust and follow Jesus. None of that work is in vain in the Lord. None of it is in vain. Again, the little voice comes that, oh, you're wasting your time. Push off. My work in the Lord is not in vain. Amen. What he's given me to do today, I'm going to ask him to put his hand upon it and help me to do it, and it's not going to be a waste of time. Amen. Whatever it is, your work is not in vain in the Lord. Do you see how we need to, take a, we need to arm ourselves with an attitude? Before we get into life, before we get into our day, we need, to, we need to take hold of the grace of God again and say, I'm going to look for your help today, Father. Pray for your hand upon me. You can use the word blessing if you like, but I'm not sure we understand what blessing means anymore. People use it so much. Oh, the blessing came. To what? 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 what did? What do you mean? I'm looking for the presence of God and the help of God and God to speak to me and God to challenge me and guide me through the day, you know. It's not in vain. I just, I just felt I needed to say that to a number of people here today. What the Lord has given you to do is from His hand, and His hand is with you, and as you work with His help, it is not in vain. Next thing is to be brave. The woman of God is not weak. Jack was talking a few weeks ago about um, meekness isn't weakness, or maybe that's the way I say it. <laughs> but it's true. Meekness is strength under control. Weakness is you're incapable. You can't, do, you can't defend yourself. You can't do anything about it. Meekness is choosing to be disciplined in how you respond, even though you could respond by laying on of hands. You know, <laughs> a woman can be every bit as brave as a man, but she doesn't have to behave like a man to be brave. Amen. You got that? It's not about being blokish. It's not about being manly. You can be very womanly and yet be every bit as brave as a man. And no, I don't want to watch women wrestlers or boxers. (laughs) Or the ultimate fight championship that was on last day. Oh, dear. Anyway. A woman is brave perhaps in ways that men aren't always. She's brave to be patient and forbearing and long-suffering and to endure, to just keep on going. She needs to be brave to correct and to confront. Because, you know, um, we had the 
the privilege of God helping me when, uh, when we were, had, uh, were raising our children. I had a good enough job that I could go out and work and, and, and we could manage financially and Carol could stay home. In that situation, most of the day-to-day discipline and correction of the children was with Carol. I was, I was daddy who came home at night and if there was something serious to deal with, then I dealt with it. But, you know, I wasn't there all the time. That's the way it is. You, someone's got to go and earn the income for the hassle. Now you've got to be brave and you've got to be kind and you've got to be very patient to just keep on dealing with children. Especially when they're they're getting on so well together. (laughs) I like that Dave Dave Campbell, our our regional overseer, who said, they've got two girls, right? Dave and Mandy Campbell. And he said, I used to get worried when it went quiet. I go to the bottom of the stairs and say, whatever you're doing, stop. Because it had gone quiet. (laughs) (laughs) To be brave. Brave to speak. Brave to speak the truth. Brave to speak God's truth into the situation. To bring real wisdom, godly wisdom, takes bravery. Bravery is not about getting angry enough that you do it. You understand? This is why we need to understand something. But it's not about getting enraged. It's about being bold. And calm at the same time. A woman of God needs to be, should be confident and dignified. It's a lovely phrase in Proverbs 31.25. Strength and dignity are her clothing and she smiles at the future. Isn't that lovely? Strength and dignity are her clothing and she smiles at the future. So many people have no hope for the future. They are desperately concerned, worried about their future and what the future might bring. But this godly woman described here, strength and dignity are her her clothing. It's because strength and dignity are what clothes her that she can smile at the future. She is strong in trusting the Lord for the future. She's dignified in dealing with trouble and obstacles, still hoping in God for the future. To give you a quote from King David in one of the Psalms, I would quit, I would give up, if I did not believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In other words, this is really tough right now, but I believe that he's going to do something yet that's going to be better than this. You're believing that God is going to help you, that God is going to bring you through, that it will change. It won't be like this much longer. That's called hope. And if you don't live in hope, you might just want to live not much longer at all. I'd give up. I'd quit. If I did not believe to see God's goodness yet, while I'm alive, in the land of the living. This woman... She's clothed with strength and dignity. She smiles at the future. God's going God's to God's help us. God's going to do something. I'm trusting God for my kids to come right. I'm trusting God for my husband to get that, to get that job. <coughs> See, when you've prayed and you've asked and you know that God's heard you, you can wait not in 
You can wait with a smile. You can quietly be confident that the good God and the great God is actually going to help you. Smile at the future. Wow. Well, how do I get there? Well, you clothe yourself with strength and dignity. You take on the promises of God. You take on the grace of God. You believe the word of God. And you say, I'm going to stand in his promises with strength and dignity. I'm going to be calm. I'm not going to allow these situations to to come and, and beat me up. I'm going to trust God through them. Again, it's a... It's an attitude you take. Paul says when running Ephesians, stand (coughs) firm in the grace of God. And having done everything else, stand. There are some days you can't go forward too much. There's too much pressure. There's too much opposition. It's, It's a difficult day. But on that day, there's one thing you still can do by the grace of God. You can stand and not go backwards. To stand firm. To stand firm. Not buckle. Not give way. I'm still believing for the goodness of God. If it doesn't happen today, it still will. To be confident and dignified. And this, you notice this confidence doesn't make you brash. doesn't make you boastful. It makes you dignified. Calm. Just like Jesus was in the boat in the storm. Disciples thrashing around, bailing out water. Why is he asleep? For goodness sake, wake him up. Jesus was asleep in a storm. Why? Because he knew the storm wasn't going to get him. It wasn't his time. He's the Lord of creation. No storm's going to kill him. He's not going to drown, so therefore the others aren't going to drown. What's the matter with you guys? Where's your faith? We're not on this, we're not on this boat on this, on, this, on, this, on this sea to drown right now. Okay, just just so you know, shut up, he said to the storm. (laughs) Be quiet. And it stopped. I I, I think Jesus probably at that point went to put his head back down again. And they (laughs) they were, whoa, 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 whoa. How did that happen? Who is this who can calm storms? Jesus can calm your storm. But because he may be doing something in your character, it might not happen today. But it will happen. To be confident and dignified. Next one, to be humble and submissive. Men too are to be humble and submissive. This is not a kind of men putting down women thing. And in both cases, it's because we follow the Lord Jesus who was himself humble and submissive, who humbled himself, taking the form of a servant. Going to get to that in the next bit of, sorry, in the next but one bit of Hebrews 2. Jesus taking the form of a servant. Do you know there's something really attractive about true meekness and humility? You, you just really like those people. They're, they're nice. They just you want to be with them. A quiet spirit, a gentle heart, kind speech. You think, can I hang out with them a bit longer? There's just something coming from them. It's a kind of holiness. This meekness and gentleness and submissiveness. To fear the Lord is my last thing. You see, we were singing earlier, our God is greater, our God is stronger. We've been preaching through Hebrews, Jesus is better. And yet this week, any number of us faced something and we, we, we immediately went into the kind of, oh, this is a big problem. 
This is a big problem. Well, it might be, but you know, God is bigger, isn't he? Then <laughs> your big problem? It's the case of getting the scale right. Okay, problem, problem, yeah, but oh, look, see, God's still bigger. If you really fear the Lord, you really have respect for who he is and what he is, you don't need to fear anybody else or anything else. You don't need to have fear going in any other direction other than to fear the Lord. So here is a selected role of honor from the Bible of some women. Some are mothers, some weren't. The mother of Moses, an unnamed woman of the tribe of Levi, was under orders to kill her male child by throwing him in the Nile. But she made a little boat instead and hid him among the reed beds. Perhaps she was going to go back to him and to and fro or whatever. But she did that in faith. Miriam, the sister of Moses, was brave enough to keep watch over the little craft with the baby brother in it. And when the princess of Egypt found the boat and the baby, Miriam, listen to this for wisdom. He says, you're going to need a wet nurse. I know where there's one. <laughs> and she goes and fetches her mum to suckle Moses for Princess of Egypt. Rahab was a prostitute in Jericho. But when some spies from the children of Israel needed shelter because they were being hunted in the town, she hid them. And she declared to them that she knew that the people of Israel would overthrow her city. So she negotiated with them safety for herself and for her family. Rahab went on to marry a man from the tribe of Judah and she was the great-great-grandmother of King David. Ruth was a Moabitess. She was from one of the pagan nations around Israel. She was married to an Israelite, but when her mother-in-law lost her husband and both sons... This woman, Ruth, chose to go back to Israel with her mother-in-law and become an Israelite. She married a man called Boaz. And she was the great-grandmother of King David. And she has a book of the Bible named after her. Deborah was a, a prophetess and she spoke prophetically to the leader of Israel's army. Abigail had a, a, a drunken fool for a husband. His name was meant fool in Hebrew. <laughs> How are you doing, fool? <laughs> she was a woman of wisdom and bravery, and when her stupid, drunken husband messed up and offended King, who wasn't king then, David, she saved his life by the wisdom with which she dealt with David. And when the fool died anyway, it seems he had a stroke if you read it carefully, David took Abigail as his wife because he knew he'd find a good woman. A brave and wise woman. Esther risked her life in the Persian kingdom to find a way to save the Jews from extermination in that province. She also has a book of the Bible named after her. Mary, a young virgin, agreed to bear the Lord Jesus, conceived by the Holy Spirit in her womb at the cost of her reputation at his birth and the soul-wrenching grief and sorrow of watching him die on the cross. It was prophesied to her, a sword will pierce your soul as well. Anna had been married seven years and was probably then barely into her twenties when she was widowed. 
And she spent the rest of her life around the temple area, night and day, in prayer and fasting. And at the grand age of 84, she was in the temple. And this praying and prophetic woman was present when the infant Jesus was brought up to the temple. And she came and she gave thanks over him and then began to testify to everyone around her that this is him, this is the Messiah. Lois, as grandmother, and Eunice, as mother, raised a Timothy to love God and his word. A young man who Paul came and took as his assistant and mentored him and trained him. And Paul, at the end of Romans... Mentions a whole number of people, and it's amazing how many women he mentions there, whom he commends for their faith and their work and their support towards him and those who work with him. Great women. Some were mums, others weren't. I think it must be true of every one of them. They were women who prayed, they were women who acted with courage. Women who spoke God's word to others. moved Some women who moved on from a bad start in life to become mothers in Israel. You know, the, 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 the foreparents of Jesus himself. Women who endured and persevered. Women who risked their own lives for the good of others. But there are other great women in the Bible who have no remarkable deed or adventure recorded against their name. But they too were women of faith who lived day by day under the hand of God and did just as he measured to them that day with a good and a faithful heart. Please don't think that it's being a pastor or preacher that earns you heavenly reward. It actually earns you a more strict judgment. It is godly, proven character that the Lord rewards in both men and women. It is being a good and faithful servant with what is given you and what is measured to you and the responsibilities is placed upon you, whatever they are. And whatever your age, and whether or not you're a mum, you can be a great Christian woman. Amen? Amen. Why not set your heart on it? Why not set it as your ambition today to be a woman who excels? And his worth is far above jewels. Can I ask you ladies to stand please? I'm going to pray for you. All you women. Now men you stay seated. But you could turn and uh, just raise a hand to the Lord and look at the women around you. And let's pray together. For the women of our church, the women... Whether they lead a family or not, whether they are responsible for children or not, whether they have a husband or not. Lord, your word tells us that it is a remarkable thing and a very precious thing for a woman to be a woman of God, to have godly character. And I pray now that in every one of these women there will be a sense of pursuing excellence. That they are, if they are not already, they are fast becoming a woman whose value in life is more precious than the whole of the contents of Tiffany's jeweler shop. They have real value. They have real dignity. They are very precious. Because they have hearts which run to serve with joy. They have hearts that run to care with tenderness. To speak wisdom to those in need. To do good to others.
in all of these things, Lord, I pray. Show them that you are with them and upon them, that your hand does not leave them, that the responsibilities that you've measured to them are no more, they do not overweigh the grace with which you will supply them for every good work, every good word, every good deed. You will make them more than adequate for every responsibility they have through the supply of your grace and the supply of your spirit. And nothing they do, nothing they put their hand to, is in vain, since it is in the Lord. I pray they may have sharper minds than catch the lies that float through their thinking. That they may answer back according with the truth of Scripture. No, I'm doing this for Jesus' sake, and it will be rewarded. May your hand be upon them, your blessing. Fill their hearts with joy, I pray. Women of dignity who clothe themselves with strength and dignity, who smile at the future. Let it be so in the name of our Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.